Boys Club. Is it called Boys Club because my apartment looks like a boy lives in it? I wouldn't say a boy lives in it. I would say a boy is kidnapped somewhere in here. Boys Club. We're everything. We're true crime. We're, we're world true, star hip hop. World star hip hop. We're Netflix reviews. Stories of the day. Boys Club. Listen. Yeah, do it. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Uh, I think. Uh, no, we're not. And on Google Play. Nobody gives a shit. Boys Club. Boys Club podcast. Now with 90% more sound clips of black people. Boys Club. Touch me and I'll sue. Here at Intoxia Reviews, we intellectually dissect the art of cinema scene by scene. Here's some clips. Oh, he is. It's just a fucking big wooden doll full of cum chasing kids around. <laughs> you look up guys who poop in a bag. I think that's where you'll find them. Because he is hurt. It's probably just in your search history anyway, isn't it? This movie fucking blows. So don't forget to subscribe to Intoxicated Reviews on all places you find podcasts. Except Spotify. We're working on it. Oh, cruise ship. <laughs> We're literally like rape aside am i bombing it <laughs> do not take product if you are hypersensitive Welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. This is a weekly comedy variety talk show where I sit down and interview comedians, characters, and various guests, and we shoot the shit about life while having a drink or two. I have an amazing episode for you guys this week. This is a great one. This week's guest is touring comic Tyler Morrison. He was last weekend's headliner at Yuck Yucks, and I saw his set on the Thursday night, and I just knew I had to talk to this guy. Tyler has a bunch of credits behind him. He has done multiple comedy festivals. He did the roast of Ron Jeremy. He's also been featured on CBC's The Debaters and tons of other podcasts. In addition to his own podcast, he has a podcast called Fight Stories, where he interviews various people about different fight stories stories that they've had in their lives. For this episode, I actually went to Tyler um, where he was staying. It's just easier that way sometimes. The Sad Girl Studios is not the most conveniently located for downtown comedy clubs, but it got me out of the apartment. It got me out of the Sad Girl Studios because, oh boy, it's been sad here lately. So it was actually really nice to get out and go on location again, which is something that I used to do a lot of. Um, so it was a good change, but all that by way of saying there's actually no video episode this week. It will just be audio only, but regardless of that, this is a fucking fantastic episode. We talk a lot about what Tyler calls landing the ship. In other words, recovering from a set where you're dealing with a bunch of hecklers, a bunch of people being rude and confrontational during your set. It's quite interesting. And he has a lot of amazing insight into comedy. We also talk about cancel culture on this episode, which is very relevant right now with all the stuff going on with SNL and the firing of one of the comics they chose to be on the show. So it was a great discussion. I hope you guys enjoy. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find podcasts. Follow Intoxicated on social media. 
It is Intoxicated Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, on Twitter at in underscore intoxicated. Intoxicated also has a Patreon. That's patreon.com backslash intoxicated. And our YouTube channel, of course, is youtube.com backslash intoxicated. So check that out. There's tons of video content on there. So make sure to hit subscribe on YouTube as well. You can also follow Tyler Morrison on Instagram. His handle is tylermorrison123 and his website is tylermorrison.ca. Bunch of information on there, including tour dates. If you get the chance to see this guy live in a city near you, you need to do it. That's about all, you guys. I hope you enjoy this awesome episode with Tyler Morrison. Oh, yeah, I picked up. This is like, I'm not usually a beer person. Connoisseur. But I do love the Garrison. Oh, cool. Um, it's it's the one beer that, mind you, like, I never drink more than one or two beer. Mm-hmm. I feel like it makes me just, like, sloppy and gassy. and Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which might be the case for guys, too. I don't I know. Think... <laughs> but guys just drink them way more. I like stuff that I can, I just like to constantly be drinking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're on the right podcast. This kind of started out of drinking, so... <laughs> Uh, you're, you're on the right show. Perfect. Oh my gosh, guys. Welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. I'm here on location, which is different and awesome. It actually got me out of the house and it made me feel really good about it, actually. Like, right on, yeah. Because normally... beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's gorgeous. We're in natural lighting for mm-hmm. once. Um, and I'm here at the West... Oh, actually, I shouldn't say where we are. Should we... <laughs> I don't know. We don't want the fans. We are at an undisclosed location <laughs> with Tyler Morrison. Hey. Oh thanks my for having goodness. me on. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for making the time to come on. This no is problem. very exciting. So you're headlining Yuck Yucks this weekend. Yeah, yeah. And how has it been going? It's been good so far. Hopefully uh, tonight will be even better than all, than the other two nights and <laughs> yeah. I'll get invited back. Yeah. <laughs> Have you? Did you find that the Thursday night was a little weird? Thursday night that was, was the one I went to. Yeah, they were a little quiet. It's a small. It was a smaller group, so I think that in the smaller groups, they're afraid to laugh at, at touchier subjects because you know the bigger the group, the more anonymous you are, mm-hmm. and so the bigger the crowd, the, it's always better for yes. for dark jokes and stuff like that. You're more likely to hit the right people. That's right. Yeah, because you have larger sample size. Exactly, and just mm-hmm. people are less nervous to laugh uh, in big groups as opposed to yeah you know, when people can see you laughing at like you know stuff that maybe you shouldn't laugh at that's so true that's how it how it kind of you know it's so interesting to me like being an audience member and sort of knowing that comedians are pushing the boundaries and i love it and i respect it because i can kind of step outside and go this is a joke yeah exactly you know like i feel like that's the main problem with so many people when they get offended by comedy they don't put themselves in the mind frame of this is a fucking joke. This isn't truth. Like, yeah. This isn't like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's right. I yeah. always say that uh, if you get offended by comedy, you're too late because, you know, we're making fun of stuff that's happened in the world and it's bad things that have happened. We're, we're just reacting to that and you're reacting to our reaction. Exactly. So where were you when that hit the news? <laughs> and you're saying the things that people might be too afraid to say themselves. Yeah, and I think the like of. the the idea of comedy is to release the tension of 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 real life things and and that's you know it's it's to relieve relieve the tension and uh and that's all we're trying to do. Right. And you know when you play with tension in your act the payoffs usually a bigger laugh. So right. the darker the joke, 
the more tension that you build up, the bigger the punchline is if you hit. If you hit, yeah. And it's a, it's a risk, though, if you don't hit, you know, because it, it could, it could uh, you know, go go south. Could go the other way. <laughs> but, oh, my gosh, like, you have some pretty damn good credits uh, behind you. So you've done Sirius XM. Yeah. You've done multiple comedy festivals. You did the roast of Ron Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. That's so crazy. It was a it was quite an experience. When, did that, when was that? I remember when it happened, but yeah. I just can't remember the year. I think year. it was 2015. When, okay. when it happened mm-hmm. and uh it was uh it was really cool because the um the lineup on it have all a lot of comedians from that have gone on to become a little bit bigger than they were so Who like, else was on there? Well, like tony hinchcliffe was hosting it and he okay. is just you know he's got kill tony podcast and uh he's a writer on the comedy central roasts and all oh, that okay. so it's one of joe rogan's uh like openers and stuff too but he headlines he had a he had a netflix special too hey oh, you shout out to tony tony hinchcliffe yeah well we'll just, show you just, <laughs> plug in your shit yeah i just give him a huge plug <laughs> it's free advertising yeah really. so so he was on there and then uh, andrew schultz who right. is you know blowing up right now it's it's really cool to see that and and I think I read in your bio because I didn't see the whole your whole set, but mm-hmm. you got a standing ovation or something. I did, yeah, on the, at the uh, roast. Yeah, so I was up first because I was probably the least well known comedian yeah. on the on the dais, and dais. Uh, but they know, you know, the people who are involved, you know, they knew that the first spot is yeah, the the two best spots on the roast are going first or last, last. right before the before the main person right. uh, does the rebuttal you gotta start strong and end strong yeah kind of. so i was i was cool with i love being being first because you get the fresh topics you know like everyone's gonna make a whole bunch of big dick jokes about ron but you get to, to do the first you, ones right and you're start, you're setting the tone yeah you're like you're getting people pumped mm-hmm. and how much time do you have typically on a roast like that um on roasts like that usually like they usually, they usually don't tell you how long to do but it's like yeah i think i did like seven seven minutes is i guess because they edit it they can edit it down yeah or whatever sometimes guys will go go long though and then and if a guy kills for like a long set on a roast it actually does take away even if that guy kills it takes away momentum from the other act so you yeah, like that's, that's something true. that i never really uh focused on when i was like first starting roast like sometimes mm-hmm. i would do that and it's like you got to be a little bit more respectful of the dais when that happens. I've seen guys that I love do it too. Like where it's just, you know, you're doing all these great jokes, but like if you go and do 20 minutes, you know, you're going to hurt the other people's, uh, you know, chances, right? It's like wearing white to a wedding. Yeah, it's exactly. (laughs) (laughs) The Billy Idol effect. Yes. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So that's crazy. So yeah. So I mean, I think I did seven minutes on that one, but the, the, the other thing is why guys will go long is because you've never tested those jokes out before. So, cause it's all new jokes. So you don't really know how long it is, but after doing so many, I kind of have a, a, I never even thought of that because there is no way to test it because your subject yeah, it's not like you could go to an open mic and be like, "I'm some, roasting." <laughs> some guys you know? do like, do that. Though, oh, do but they? I, I never do it. Like yeah. I know when I know if a joke's going to work before I even take it to the stage. Like, right. For the most part, I, I have a good understanding of that because mm-hmm. you've been doing this a long time. You've been doing this. You said seventeen, 17 years. years. Seventeen. Yeah. How old are you? Thirty-five. Wow. So I started when I was eighteen. Holy shit! I was just in college, and then I did the Humber College comedy program. And okay, I've first, heard of this. First yes. week, they throw you up on stage at Yuck Yucks in Toronto, and it was a sold-out show. Like I think there was like three hundred people there, and it was just wild. Like, is that a common? So that Humber 
comedy. Um, what was it like a, a certificate or a degree or it's a what? degree? Yeah, degree? It's a, yeah, two year. Uh, two year co- mm-hmm. course. Um, is that something that's common around the world? Like, no, I, it's it's really like the only of it. one of its of like of its kind in in universities and colleges. I think, as far as I know. That's but phenomenal. so for me, like it was a really. Um, it was a great experience because it's like you get put into this like uh, vacuum of creative people who you end up, you know, making friendships with and, and that lasts for a long time in the business. I mean, right. the year that I was in was like a dynasty year at, at Humber College for comics. There's there's no less than 10 comics that are working professionally still today. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they're and all. And Travis, Travis Lindsay. He went, th- he did went that. there. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And Nathan McIntosh, who you, oh, uh, hopefully we'll have are on a soon. fan of. And yeah. I am too. He went, yeah, he was there two years oh. after I, after I was in. And then, uh, crazy. Yeah. Another, uh, a, th- a local, uh, Nova Scotian, Nick Beaton. He was, yes. he was in my oh, yeah, year. So, funny. so Nick and I, we were in college together. Oh, and that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. So, so like, do you think going, like having that kind of formal training, I, I put in, like, it's kind of hands on yeah. training in a way too, cause they're throwing you on stages. Yeah. Did yeah. that, did that give you something that like you think is very valuable in terms of comedy? I, what I think it did was, um, it, it made me really realize what I wanted in comedy because you do so many different things. It's a well-rounded program where you're doing improv and sketch and stand-up and there's all different, like, different, uh, things that you figure out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe I don't want to do sketch. I want to do stand. Like, I know that I want to do stand-up stand after trying all these things and, mm-hmm. but it's still like nice to, to to have the insight into the business that you get from from that too and right and it's it's almost like uh you know like x-men like yeah the, it's like the school for gifted yes <laughs> oh my gosh well they're because they're probably introducing you to like mm-hmm. heavy hitters yeah and industry and um, well yeah like we you know it's just it's just kind of that that first taste of it but they and they have you know people who, who who have been professionals you know that are teaching there i mean like robin duke i think still teaches there and she's on saturday night live oh like, wow so when i was there it was joe flaherty from sctv and Crazy. happy gilmore and all that like he was one wow. of the the artists in residence there so it was it was a cool yeah it was a really cool experience i found and and these yeah. uh the comedians that i you know happen to be in the same year as they've you know all uh, we've all grown up together right so <sighs> And, uh, you just look at who, I think when, when it first started to, like, I know on like the comedy circuit, Humber comics weren't treated very good by like the, like the comics who thought they're like the real comics. And like, you know, they're, you know, there's a lot of hostility towards us. And I don't think that the other comics knew like that I was in Humber. Right. So like, I never t- <laughs> took any shit, but like, I'd hear them like bashing Humber Interesting. comics. Do they think uh, it was like, what do you think? It was about mm. people coming just because they could yeah, it's just afford to go or something. Maybe, or? or just, you know, the stand-up purists. You don't need that or whatever they think that. But then if you look at who's come out of that program, I right. mean, Nikki Payne, uh, K. Trevor Wilson from Letterkenny. It's uh-huh. just like one after another. And, and Steph Tolev was there. Like, she's killing it. Like, wow. all these people. Oh, even uh, Nathan... Uh, What's his Nathan Fielder? Na- oh, from really? Nathan for you. He was a Humber alumni. No way. So you see all Holy these shit. these comics come out of there, and every year, uh, there's maybe like you know ten or twenty that stick around. It like it's it just pumped so many new comedians into okay. the Toronto scene. Right. And if you look at what Toronto's become from back then, you know, in 
in the 17 years that I started, the scene is so much bigger. Oh, yeah. It's one of the best comedy scenes in the world. Like, it oh, really right. is a, a good, uh, you can get up every night. It's a Mecca. Yeah, it is. It, and it, it, I think it, what, what it really helped with was these, uh, comedians that weren't from the city, from small towns that wanted to come to Toronto and try comedy. It was like an excuse that, you know, they could tell their parents, well, at least I'm getting my degree in this too. And like, yep. and it's like it, it plugs you into a social network of like-minded people, people. right away. Yeah. So instead of coming to the city by yourself and going out and going to the, those open mics can be kind of lonely and like, yeah. you know, maybe like intimidating. It's, I've heard just like, to, I've never seen them, mm-hmm. but I've heard about the open mics in Toronto being quite... Like, you'll have, like, 30 or 40 comics there and, like, maybe five regular people. I mean, it happens, yeah. It, it, <laughs> that's the, tough! That's, that's like any scene, I think. But just the fact that, like, it kind of, you know, people talk about safe spaces and all that. Well, yeah. Humber was kind of that, like, that right. safe space for people who, you know, weren't they're not from the city they can but this is their first time there now they're you know getting their feet wet that way and then they start going out and doing the seat you know the shows or you have people that you go out go out to the shows together that you meet there so i thought it was really uh yeah a cool experience overall that's amazing Mm -hmm. and how long do you think like there's this talk of um finding a comedy voice or finding your tone or how long did do do you think it took you it's interesting to, to say because I I think I I knew kind of who I was as a comic right away. Like I was always kind of like that. But if if I go back and watch my old stuff, I was definitely leaning on my writing as my X factor because that was like my number one, like my top skill. Mm-hmm. And I think I could get away with like just you know the jokes were good, so I didn't have to be a great performer. Right. But then eventually through stage time your persona catches up to that and once your other tools catch up to your x factor at least you know um it's always going to be your x factor but once the the other stuff catches up that's when you kind of become a full comic and that didn't really happen for me until about 2015 i would say interesting yeah because like i look back my first album i was very happy with it and i still you know, I, I love the album, but I was, I was, wa- and I, vi- I have video of it and stuff. I was watching a clip from that and I was like, I haven't tapped into what my persona really is like now. Right. I hadn't, I didn't have that. So I'm delivering the jokes a little bit differently. That's and so it's funny. still the same, like coming from the same place and the jokes are like all getting laughs and right. it's going great. But, Ooh. cruise ship. <laughs> We're literally like rape aside. Am a bunch I bombing? Of <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if they played that yeah. sound effect every time? Every time, no, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, just an air horn. <laughs> that's so interesting, though. So, how many albums do you have? So, I have four. Oh, wow! I put out my Holy first shit. one is called Armed and Hammered, and I did that in that. 2012. And then, actually, it was two, uh, 2013. That one came out, and then 2015, I did one called Impolitely Canadian. And then last year I put out two, um, Savage and Comedy Exile. So I put those all out. And uh, each album I find is like, once you complete that, you become better as a comic. It's just yeah. like this bookmark. You know what I mean? Like, they're just like, I've I, heard that I did you, that. you kind of do those. And are you someone who, like, you don't always go back to the jokes that you did on the album because they're done? Or do you do revisit them. them? You revisit them sometimes? Sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. if, for example, if I have, um, 
a joke that like oh I'll do kind of like a greatest hits mm. when I'm doing the clubs and then I, I like that and then I bring new stuff in like I'll have like you know five to ten minutes of like my or sometimes longer like fifteen minutes of newer stuff that I'm wheeling through that isn't on an album right. but then I'll 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 package that around you know my my best stuff that I've done over the years. So, yeah. but then if I'm doing a new album, then I got to start, you know, just doing all new stuff all right. at once. And I did that. I recorded another one last weekend in Toronto. Oh, holy crap. And it was, I'd never done all that material together in a row until that week. Like I've done all the material, most of the material I've mm -hmm. done already, but I hadn't ever done it without my best stuff around it. Right. So it was like. When I put it all together on the Wednesday, I was like, holy shit. This is like <laughs> maybe the most offside material that I've ever done yeah. like together in one package. Like it is like un it's just relentless. Oh shit. And it's like the pacing and everything. It's just it's just it I don't know. When you hear it, you'll know what I'm talking about, but it was it was crazy. And then yeah. I had uh so I did it the Wednesday and then the Thursday night the Wednesday was a small crowd. It's kinda like what, Thursday. Like Thursday here. Uh -huh. And then the Thursday night is a bit bigger and it went good. And then the Friday night, one of my good friends who's a really funny comic, uh, Rob Bebnick, he has one of the best closing bits. He was on before me. And like this bit is one of the hardest bits I think anyone would ever have to follow. And I was like, fuck, if I can't follow it with this stuff, I don't even know if I want to record on Saturday. Uh and I, I was able to go and have a really good show and like awesome. it, it went good. So I was like, okay, we're doing this right. And then the Friday night ended up being the best night of the, of the weekend. And I ended up, uh, you know, I was only recording on the Saturday, but the Saturday crowd was pretty good for the first little bit. And then it was, I think I walked, 20 people during the taping so okay so this is this is interesting to me because yeah. <laughs> when i came to your because i had heard that you were great through andrew vaughn and multiple people um so nice. when i went on yeah a little ego showed up there sweet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well well from what i and it's interesting because you talked about the writing mm -hmm. everyone was always like he's he writes such he's such a good writer mm -hmm. he's mm -hmm. a great joke writer so i was very excited to see you but um when i came um after kirsten was done who's a good friend of mine kirsten finch um uh we met outside in the lobby because we were just chatting a bit yeah. about plans to go see a movie but she's like i was gonna take off but i want to see and see like i want to stay and see tyler because like i hear he walks people all the time and i really want to see this happen <laughs> that's a good reputation and he said something about like she said something like that you walked eight people at one point i don't remember what it specifically was but I was like, ooh, I'm excited. And it, I got excited. Before the show? Yeah, before you came on. It was during Dan's set. Sorry, Dan. Okay. We <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, no, I don't think I walked anyone this weekend, though. That's good. But yeah, like it, there was 20 people at least during the taping. And then a guy in a wheelchair, they had to carry him out. Like it's not like wheelchair accessible. So it's like, it's like in a basement, right? So they had to carry him out. He's oh, yelling all the way no. up. Oh, it was crazy. During your recording? Oh, yeah. And then uh, some 70-year-old man starts screaming at me and, like, he wanted to fight me after the show. <laughs> wow. It was, yeah. So how do you, when that happens, when you're, like, and especially if you're recording an album mm -hmm. where it's, like, you are, you know, like, this is something that is being published. This yeah. is something that's going out. How do you react to that when you see that happen? So the, the wheelchair thing, and I feel bad for, like, for the individual, because it was just a matter of, I think they weren't ready to be out in public, like t hearing they they thought that they'd be ready for dark comedy. Right. They thought that that's what they wanted, but it 
it, they weren't ready for it. And right. it was like, I, I think I handled like the, cause he yelled, like he heckled me and then I, I burned him or whatever. Of course. And then yeah. everyone was laughing. I don't think it was, I don't think I went too far with it or uh-huh. anything like that. Like he said, I, I was doing some wheelchair jokes and he, uh, and he yelled out like, you don't like my fucking wheelchair. And I was like, Oh, you're in a wheelchair. Stand up so we can see you. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and that was the, so, but I, that's all I said. Like I didn't like hammer him after that's that. That's not like, that bad. No, no, it was just really quick and it got a good pop and, and whatever. But, but then the other one, like the old guy, when he flipped out, I don't think I handled that too well because it was <laughs> – no, like usually you want to like be funny and you want to like, you know, be in control of the, you know, like – Yeah. The, you want – I want everything to be funny. But in that situation, it was different than the other guy because they, they there's four of them and they just were scowling at me the whole oh. show. And I hate that like – because you're just trying to have a good time. Like if you're doing edgy stuff – you get away with a lot more yeah. if you're having fun. Yeah. And it's hard to like be having fun when you got people just sending hostile vibes towards Consistently. you. Consistently. Like just like leave. You know what I mean? Like that's. I was going to so say, would you was, rather them leave or stay? Yeah, I'd rather okay. them leave. Like, I don't, them I don't, leave. Yeah, fuck that. I wouldn't yeah. even probably mock them on the way out. Like I just, right. I'd be happy that you made a decision to. Exit the room and take your negative energy out yeah, of there. Have, have some class. You know what I mean? If you don't like what you see, mm-hmm. you know, write a bad Yelp review. Everyone else does. <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh because I was facing that all night it was, when he started like yelling at me and he was coming at me in like a confrontational way like where it was like nothing I say even if it's funny is going to like he's just going he was interrupting me like so I I just kind of flipped on him Oh that's the, the interrupting is, yeah. And people who think that they can just insert themselves in and like, it's a like taping. It's conversation. It's a taping. There's cameras everywhere. They Fuck. know it's being recorded for something. It's, I just, I flipped my switch and I realized, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm not being funny right now. But I don't think, and I also was like, the crowd doesn't know that this guy, that these people have been like scowling at me all night. So like, I know that this isn't going to go to a funny place. Right. I just need to, you know, let this guy know that he's a piece of shit and he can fucking leave. Yeah. And then. But I, I, I got a laugh at the end and the crowd was all on my side, but it was, I don't, I personally don't feel like I did a good job there. Like that. It's so tricky to handle because, mm-hmm. cause you, you don't, you don't want to lose the crowd. That's right. And you know, I, and- usually like you come out on top of those things and I just yeah. felt like it, it, I, I didn't look, I don't know. I don't think I did a good job there, but mm-hmm. in the same end, I was trying to do a newer bit right. that I, that I was putting on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I'm like trying to concentrate on the material and making sure that, it, so he probably like interrupted me at the worst point that I could have been interrupted at because I was off guard. It was like 32 minutes into the thing. Oh, so that's it was like, like right at the, cause you're just getting I'm building the, that yeah. closer momentum and yeah. then, uh, and so that happened. And then anyway, he, they stayed like they, after the whole thing, he, they stayed. No one kicked him out because the, the staff were dealing with the wheelchair guy and his whole thing. <laughs> and then there's another like 10 women that got up and were storming out. Like it was like all happening at once. It was like, it was oh, fucking chaos. Holy shit. I don't know what the cameras picked up or like if there's any footage of any of this going on. If it, if, if there is, I'll probably keep some of it in. Like. Like, I was just gonna say it, that would be an interesting thing to keep. I know. In. I would. I'll keep some in if it if if we got it. I don't. I really don't know what what they picked up. Um, but at this at the same end, it was just. I was just trying to get you know get the show back on track. Absolutely. And then I get back into my material, and then another guy gets up, and he was getting kicked, or he was leaving, because he got cut off. 
And so he stop. He goes. He stops, and he's like, "I just want to let you know that you're fucking hilarious, man. This guy up here is a fucking idiot." <laughs> and then everyone's like, "Laugh." I'm like, "Well, there's a positive heckle positive for once, heckle. right? Like, where were you five minutes ago?" So he screwed up another bit that I was doing. Ugh. You know what I mean? So like that guy. And the intentions are the drunk intentions yeah. are good. Oh yeah, I was but laughing. But it does screw up the momentum. It totally yeah. So then I had to go back into like a new bit after that, and then I I landed the ship. Like it, it closed out great. And then as I'm walking off stage, the old guy starts like yelling at me again. And so like, I just blew him a kiss and I knew that would drive him crazy. And then I just went into the green room. <laughs> Love, ding, ding. And so he was trying to fight me. The bell is for an, I agree or good point. Uh, or okay. It's like a yes. <laughs> yes. Queen. Mm-hmm. No. Um, that's hilarious. Yeah, wow. my friend was saying that he was trying to find me, and his wife was like grabbing him by the arm and trying to drag him out. Like, what's? I don't want to fight an old man. Did it take you a while in comedy to get that comfortable with potentially walking people or dealing with walking people? Like, is yeah. that something that took you a while? Because I can imagine, like, as a comic, the first time that that happens, it must be like I'm trying to think, kind of jarring. I was always cool with it. I think it. That's good. The whole that whole situation was very stressful, like because you're recording. You there's money on the line, you know. Like you don't know if you're gonna get a good taping. You, like you know what I mean. You want absolutely. It. So so the when the when the wheels start coming off like that, it's like yeah, like you're and you're going to battle with people. Basically, it's very it was confrontational. It was that's insane. So like like it's like you feel like you've been in a in a fight afterwards. <laughs> like it's like really like. Yeah, it's, it's tough. And then, like, again, like, I was away all week from my family. So, like, I'm, de- you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's like a, a you're like just a, like, I want to get this fucking done. It's an isolating experience when, yeah. when stuff like that happens. So, like, you, I mean, we, you want every show, you, ideally, I want everyone to have a good time. Yeah. I want to take people into, like, places maybe they never thought that they'd laugh at. You know what I mean? We're out of their comfort zone. But again, it's all comedy and it's all, you know, with the design to make you laugh and and have fun. Which is so fascinating to me that you say that because mm-hmm. the girls that I was sitting beside on Thursday yeah. definitely didn't like some of your jokes. <laughs> which ones? The so specific, wh- Which girls? The cunts that were sitting beside? They no, were. Well, the other thing was, too, is that they were quite chatty, too. And I was like, this is borderline, like... But the good thing was they were like closer to the back. So I couldn't hear So them. I don't think that it was too distracting. It was distracting mm-hmm. for me because I was sitting right beside them. And I was just like, shut the fuck up. Like nothing yeah. bugs me more than people who talk during comedy shows. Like shut the fuck yeah. up. You're here to see a show. You paid $15 to see a show. This is my, this is the other thing. I'm like, wh- are you paying $15 to come chat? Yeah, that's the thing, right? Go people chat get a at couple, a bar. People get a couple drinks in them, and they don't know how to act in public. And, it's, and that was the thing. They were definitely, like, I would say in their 30s, probably, mm-hmm. like, working people who were just letting loose, like, yeah. white women, you know, chatty <laughs> Cathy's. Oh, my favorites. That's who they were. And it was, it was the joke you had about the school shooting. Oh, yeah. Which... I thought it was hilarious. The, the joke, just for for the people watching, is I, I say I'm about fifty fifty on school shootings. <laughs> Hear me out. On one hand, I'm against them. I got two kids, uh, but on the other hand, my wife's a teacher. <laughs> so, it's so dark and uncomfortable. Yeah, but like I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I mean, appreciate jokes like that. But like they, she, she actually just like went silent. And then she went, "Oh, I didn't find that funny." Under her breath. <laughs> but, but, then there was other jokes you did that I found her laughing mm-hmm. quietly. Yeah. Yeah. So, People there was definitely trying to things- process. They're trying to process what they, yeah. A lot of people are having 
a tough time coming to terms with what they're allowed to laugh at in public and what they are, again, what they don't want people seeing them laughing at something like that's maybe morally, you know, reprehensible. Right. And it's this, there's like this never ending quest to be more woke than everyone else. I don't even like the term woke. I think it's so lame. (sighs) It's stupid. Yes, it is fucking lame. I actually do totally agree. Which is why, like, specifically, I kind of... I wanted to pick your brain about the SNL stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because that's been on my mind, too. Yep. I've not... I haven't, like, spoken about it or, like, Mm -hmm. published my opinion about it. Because I'm not a comedian. I'm also... A white woman, yeah. (laughs) You know, like you're you're qualified to your opinion, like anyone else. Yeah. You can't let people, you know, try and put that on you or you know like people want you think that you can't say anything because oh you're a white guy you can't say anything about you know what i mean like right. when did we all if you want equality why aren't we all treating each other it's, with equality oh that's very true you too know? so I think, I think that's bullshit um yeah shane yeah. gillis uh is uh the comedian who got uh he was hired for saturday night live and then he was released by saturday night live from uh from the from the gig which is too bad um He's a friend of mine. Really? Yeah, we've had him on my podcast. Oh my gosh. And I did the Atlanta Laughing Skull Comedy Festival with him, and that's where I, where I met him. Okay. So he's a friend of uh, my co-host, John Moses. So yeah. when, when I went down to Atlanta, John's like, oh, you got to meet, meet my buddy Shane. You guys will get along, yeah. right? And he's the first guy I actually ran into when I was at the bar uh, at the or at the comedy club, you go and you register and get your like little swag bag, and like, fun. he's the first guy that I met there. Oh, and, like, really? We just started drinking right away. Like, great dude, That's and what I've uh, heard. Yeah. he is a really nice guy, and he's a funny comic. And the I guess the the issue that I have with what's happening is people want to take away the ability for comedians to try and fail. You should be able to fail with a joke. If you're, you know, your intention is to be funny all the time. If you're a comic and you're on a podcast and you're, you know, yeah. you're, you're maybe being a little reckless. You don't want to have to second guess everything you say. Cause if you start second guessing and filtering yourself every, where you say like true comedy won't be born. Like eventually, you know, there's nothing greater than being in a comedy club or watching a podcast that's live and just seeing someone tap into that, like, yes. that, that, um, free flow of ideas and expression. Yeah. That is like, you know, that this isn't scripted. You know, that this guy's just tapped into this, it's raw. into this wave, right? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's improv, but in a way, like, yeah, it's definitely like the improv part of stand up. Well, eventually, if people start second guessing everything they do and say, it's going to become very restricting for people to do what what we do. And uh-huh. and I think, um, you know, have I said shitty things? Has Gillis said shitty things? And everyone makes a shitty joke or a bad joke. Yeah. But like, who fucking cares? Quit being such babies about it. It doesn't really hurt you. You yeah. know, there was a great tweet that was like, I wish uh, uh, presidential, like, political people were whole held to the same standard as comedians because look at trudeau who just did something shitty to you in his past yeah he's not getting fired no no. you know it's like it's just young and dumb and you know did something stupid and i think that that's another thing too is is being young and dumb and making a mistake did he learn from it i think i think he probably did yeah i mean if if there's no um i think if there's no ability to learn from your mistakes or whatever like there's no forgiveness then what the fuck what are we doing yeah what are we doing it's so weird because like yeah yeah maybe gillis made some off-color 
remarks, but his, I know his intentions probably to be funny in that situation. And like, yeah. And you just get try and be funny the next time. You know what I mean? And literally, if if we've <laughs> if we cancel, cancel. And I hate uh, cancel culture. Oh, but it canceled. Cancel. It canceled. Uh, we cancel every single comedian who has said something a little edgy or offensive mm-hmm. or uh, a little un- like offensive um we wouldn't have comedy because everyone has said Mm -hmm. something offensive Mm -hmm. and especially with the fact that a lot of comedians have podcasts and even me who's not a comedian i have 130 episodes jesus christ like i don't know what i said in episode five yeah i don't know what i said in episode nine like like i don't really want something to happen to me where i'm close to like achieving my dream and then someone drudges up a clip from i'll never get saturday night live i know that <laughs> you trying for it? <laughs> <laughs> gave up a long time ago. Right? But no, it's just I, also these people that want to take people down, like their intentions are more malicious than the person yes. who told the off-color joke is what I think. Yes. It's like why are you so jealous of this person that you have to bring them down? If you if you see what happened with Gillis, it was fucking bullshit because he got the gig, it was announced, and within like it must have been like it an was, hour. It, it was. Was it an hour? Or I don't two? think he had twenty four. It was about tw- it was less than twenty four hours that the tweet came out. It was about four hours later, maybe, That's maybe insane. sooner. Someone had that loaded in the chamber. How does that little weasel? Is it Sam Simmons? Something How does yeah, that little fucking that. weasel get a hold of that clip so fast? I For guarantee real. you, he isn't watching Shane's podcast. It's some little dweeb. Yeah. Uh, from the Philly comedy scene, probably that was jealous of of a guy who's coming up. The one thing I'll say that is this uh, about comics: there's a lot of comics, and and there's a lot of great uh, alternative comics. I love every type of comic. Mm-hmm. There's there's a bunch of different. You know, uh, that's what makes comedy great is the different perspectives. There's Absolutely. a lot of people that don't like alpha male comics doing well. Because you see a guy like Gillis, who's an alpha male, he reminds them of the fucking jock that picked, picked on, on them in high, in high school. school. They see their bully in a guy like Shane, right? And Shane isn't a bully, but they see they see that in him, and they resent him. And so when he gets the number one nerd dream job, Saturday Night yes. Live, which I mean, and there's a lot of there's a lot of nerds in comedy, uh-huh. and they and some of them are fucking great, and some of them are jealous little weasel gatekeepers. And they want to stop you and they want to stop guys like that. They don't want to see their bully doing better than them. They got into comedy probably because they, a guy that they, that he reminds them of picked right. on them and comedy's their little cool thing that they can do to be cool now. And then they see a guy that reminds them of that person doing well. Cause there's two types of great comedians, natural born leaders and total outcasts. And Gillis is a natural born leader. So that audiences want to follow the natural right. born leaders. So those guys can come in and hit the ground running usually. <sighs> and then like total outcasts are like the most unique people like the Stephen Wrights and those type of comics. They like the people are drawn to them because it's a little bit different. They've, right. You know what I mean? So those are the two ways that you stand out. And then anyone else in between has to like really figure it out, like really work really out. hard, you right. know, how to how to excel huh. and and so like a guy like gillis becomes a, a big target when he's coming in and he's you know only 10 years into comedy and and getting all this heat i mean he's on legion of skanks and the bonfire and all this yeah. and then those guys took a shine to him because they knew they knew he was good and they like him and that was and the thing like when he when the up. announcement came on i was seeing comedians that i follow w- wishing him congratulations so i was so pumped. and he's so funny and this is so awesome like this is his mm-hmm. dream mm-hmm. and then Shane did not even get to celebrate. No, no, no. They wanted, they wanted, they they wanted that taken away so fast. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's, I mean, 
it's it's too bad. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Like the the apology will never be good enough for these yeah, people. Yeah, that's the you other thing apologize. too, right? You can apologize, but your apology, no matter what, will never be good enough for these people because they don't really want an apology. They want to fucking tear you down and you move fail. on to the next one mm-hmm. and move on to the next one. I ho- I really hope that that uh, you know that Shane uh, parlays this into a bigger thing. You know, yes. like because he's got his fans and he's worked hard for them. And absolutely. And, you know, I don't like seeing anyone get taken down for for comedy, you know, like for for if you're if you're podcasting, you're basically free flowing, free flowing, you know yep. what I mean? And and sometimes you say something shitty and sometimes you don't. And I won't lie. It, I mean, the clip wasn't great. No, no, it, it, it was, was hard to defend. It was, it, it, it was it's a hard, tough. It's it was a, it's a hard, it's a hard clip to defend. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, it really is. But so again, you can't necessarily defend the clip, but you got to defend the process of free flow and, and, and speaking, you know, because. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's I think what that's it what is. it is. So yeah, like, am I proud of every joke that I've made or every off color remark? Absolutely not. Like, and I'm sure he isn't either, but yeah. you, 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 you know, you try and be better everything we do is to try and become better at comedy and, right. and funnier and, and that's uh, why a lot of comedians have podcasts because right. it helps them stretch that muscle well if you look at bill burr how did he get so good he developed that stream of consciousness just from talking talking long talking long form and then he pulls the best stuff out of that like he knows when he hits a when he hits a wave yeah and he surfs it there was a video of i think it was the election night in the states when trump won it was all the comics at the comedy store, and it's like Jim Jeffries, Doug Stanhope, um, Bill Burr, Joe Rogan. I think Tony Hinchcliffe was on. All these guys, like top um, – Sarah Tiana, I think, was on. There's a whole bunch of like really top-notch comedians, and they all just sit back and let Bill Burr just run the floor. Right. No one is like that powerful and of like – yeah. And just can just – talk like it's like yeah. it's a gift it's truly is it's like when lebron's coming down the court everyone gets the fuck out of the way because right. he's gonna run right over you and take it right and just dunk it in your face that's what bill burr became from being able to express himself on his podcast and free flow yes. like that and if if everyone's second guessing what they're saying you know and it's like you know um it, it i think the reason good. i'm a little like upset about it is because like I do do it too. I'm not a comedian, but I do do this podcast where I sit down for two hours every week with somebody, and mm-hmm. um, and I know that it is just that, yeah, like a free flowing com like conversation. Yeah. Yeah, so like yeah. these people who are criticizing it, it's like, have you ever had your conversations recorded? Yeah, probably not. Yeah, exactly. And I bet you if that you did, <laughs> there would be some bad stuff in there too. Everyone's done and everyone's right? shitty. Every- <laughs> We're all shitty. shitty. Everyone Everyone is. Everyone's so shitty. And comedians are the guy, are the (laughs) guys and girls. They lay it out there. Like we, we share our deepest, darkest darkest thoughts with you guys. Yeah. In, in hopes of connecting with you and making you go, Oh, you know, you, Oh, that's true. I've done that too. uh, You feel a little bit better about being shitty because of us guys. Absolutely. You little shitheads. Yeah. Shitheads. (laughs) Well, look at, that's why Louis CK got so popular as a Uh comic because that's what he tapped into. Like those shitty thoughts and things that he did that he knows other people have those thoughts and they connected, you know, like his bit about my kids are assholes. Like exactly. He's kind of the, the guy that took that, you know, to the bank and, and even with him, like, do I like that? 
jerked off in front of women? Nah. Do I think he should have his career ruined? No. He should be allowed to perform. And it's, up to, it's up to the consumer to choose whether they go to his show or not. That's all it is. Absolutely. You, and if it's not, if you're offended, just yeah. don't go. You have a choice whether, you know what I mean? Absolutely. As a consumer, you have a choice. And I don't think destroying someone's livelihood no. uh, should be, you know, your choice. But and it's it's certainly, <laughs> do you think it's like this day and age too? Like, because if you think of... Now, like, mind you, like, my geeky note over comedy is fairly new, but, mm-hmm. you know, I know that the greats have also been quite offensive and no one's coming for them yet. Um, so do you think Cosby. that there was something about, <laughs> do you think that there was something about, like, way back when, when comics could be a little more edgy and it wouldn't, like, is it, is it 2019? Well, I, that's doing this, do you think, or? What it is, is there's, um, Everyone has a voice now. I think there's a lot to 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 reach a lot of people. To reach a lot of people back then, you had to be you had to have a talent or a credential, and you had to be qualified to to get there. You know what I mean? You had to be yeah. you had to be exceptional at what you did to have a big platform. Right now, there's pla- now everyone can have a voice. Everyone that's can true. have a platform. And you can just make a podcast. Anyone can that's have a right. podcast and get fans. And it, so it works both ways. It's good and bad because we can get out there. You know, a comic who's unknown can become known overnight. Yeah. Look at Andrew Schultz and what he's done with, with YouTube and all of his – like he right. blew, he blew up so fast uh, because he had that platform. Now, would you know, uh, back in the day, you have to go through the channel – of you know you'd have to wait in line for right. for your opportunity or if some a gatekeeper didn't like you 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 know maybe wouldn't a lot of good comics probably got left on the cutting room floor because of things they did off stage you know maybe had a reputation for partying or whatever mm-hmm. like or just someone doesn't like you and it's it's that simple but right. now it's a little bit easier so it works in it works in our favor in a good way but on the same end every single person who um you know they a lot of people want to criticize and a lot of people you know think that they are qualified to to tear people down and guess what you're not like mm-hmm. a lot of people you know a lot of people are fucking shitheads and they shouldn't those people shouldn't even be allowed to vote <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well and i mean like and, I, and i'm not i don't really watch snl or yeah um, well neither but, did all the people that took chain gillis down too they don't right? give a fuck about saturday night live well i mean like i from what i understand there's been some pretty racist skits in the past and yeah, so um, it's i don't know don't throw what's the phrase um don't like, throw look, the baby out with the bathwater? Maybe. Or <laughs> maybe like don't, don't throw rocks at glass houses. I don't really know what the cliche People, phrase yeah. is. But but like look at yourself. People in glass you... houses shouldn't throw There it is. What, yeah, the yeah. baby out with the bathwater? I don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> I don't even. That's very disturbing. <laughs> don't throw your baby out with bathwater. <laughs> so, no, you're right. You're right, though. It's, it's, it is it's uh, a little bit of that. But I think it's it's a bigger conversation about why do we feel the need to show our moral superiority over other people. I mean, like yeah. that's what, what, what is with that? Like the virtue signaling and the patting yourself on the back after you post what you think people, you know, yeah. what you, what people, yeah. What you think people want you to say, the, the, this is the right thing to say, taking right. the moral high ground. It's so fucking bullshit. Right. And that's, I think it's because everyone has skeletons in their closet and they do oh, that absolutely. to like project this image. Why do you like, why is it always such a big scandal when uh like a big like you know televangelical or like religious person or politician 
gets taken down, you know, their dirty laundry gets aired out. You find yes. out all the people that are projecting the squeaky clean image turn out to be the most deviant, like yeah. Bill Cosby. All the- Is anyone squeaky clean? Like, that's I don't the thing. Think so. I don't like, think maybe so. Maybe Tom Hanks. Yeah. I don't, yeah, maybe. If something comes out about him, then we're then really we're fucked. fucked. Yeah, maybe he stuck his finger up uh, Hooch's ass <laughs> during the taping of Turner and Hooch. Like, maybe Tom's into some fucked up shit. No. But it's just it's, like, it's just <laughs> funny to me because I think people think that comedians want to hurt, want to offend, or want to hurt people. And it's like, no, motherfuckers. You're trying to make people laugh. Yeah, I feel like it's... That's uh, your end goal. Trying to, like, uh, find light in dark topics. And, yes. And that's... And that's kind of what the what the goal is, right? And it, again, it's I say it's relieving tension, and you build the yeah. tension, and then you break it with the punchline. And and it's and I think perfect too as an audience member, or someone who like consumes comedy, like so much of when I laugh at more offensive jokes is me laughing at how ridiculous they are. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, like like because like I'm not a fan of animal abuse or, or no. anything like that. I hate it. That's like the number one thing I hate. But like. I will laugh at the ridiculousness of that joke. Yeah, yeah. it's Because, bizar- again, you take yourself out of it. Yeah. It's a joke. It's exactly. But not a lot of people see it that way. No. There should be disclaimers uh, on every comedy show. <laughs> Reminder, people, you're here to see comedy. <laughs> I know. They they really do need that that uh, warning. Right? See, the, um, there's a really good uh, book out right now. It's called White by Brett Easton Ellis. Okay. Do you know who? who no, is? So he was the author of American Psycho and like Glamorama, Rules of Attraction. He oh, wrote. Nice. He wrote a uh, nonfiction piece. This is his first like nonfiction novel that he put out, and it's all about um, the. Uh, I guess it's the. Uh, how everyone wants attention on social, or like the 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 faux off the 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 faux offended people and right. like and like the fake hyper, outrage, yeah, the fake outrage, outrage culture yes. is essentially what it's about. And yes. it is a really really oh, great damn. book to check out. And uh, he's he's been one of my favorite novelists. And then I I was excited to read it, and I'm like, wow, this is like really oh, good. Shit. It's it's definitely a, a great um like incisive look into why people are being like this and 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 what happened you know with the trump trump getting involved and yeah the paranoia around you know people picking their team and just being so dead set against donald trump and uh-huh. and, and letting that consume themselves yeah and, and just yeah trying to get people canceled overtaking and, the comment sections mm-hmm. yeah it's and, and just like twitter and all that and and oh, it's so so it, it it's, it's a really good look into that anyone that's interested in in uh Delving into, you know, a, a deep look into outrage culture. Ugh. White by Brett Easton Ellis is a great book. That is interesting. It's something I think about a lot just because it's just, it does bug me. Especially yeah. when comedians, like, like you guys are just, you're up there like bearing your souls every night. Sometimes, you yeah. You know, like. <laughs> it can be pretty, uh, pretty crushing sometimes. Yeah. So going back to the very beginning. So you're from. I'm from Bracebridge, Ontario. So were, it's were you born hours. there? No, I was born in Toronto, like Eto- oh, okay. Etobicoke. Just out, it's a part of the city. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And you've been doing comedy a long time. But like we were talking about this last night after Yucks. But the idea that you chose to kind of live and settle mm-hmm. um, outside of a main city. Yeah, yeah. Which is an interesting choice. Yeah, I just, I like I like coming to different cities and and performing and in the yeah. in and all that, but I I also like the slower pace of a small town, and it's like it's like almost like I go to work, 
you know, on the weekends and then I come back and it's like really calm, you know. Like a home base. Yeah. Calm my, home my home base. base is, well, it's not that calm because I got two kids. But, That's true. But like it is, the setting is nice. This, it's and this, your home. Like it's mm-hmm. your home kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm fortunate my parents and my in-laws both live in the same town. So oh, when fantastic. I'm on the road, there's lots of help for my wife who, oh, you know, those the kids are four and one. So it's, Aww. you know, it's a, it's a busy time. You yeah. Know I mean? It's a lot uh, to juggle. With yeah. me being on the road as much as I am. I mean, I'm not too bad with it. Like, I, I'm usually home during the week, which right. is nice. But then my wife works and she comes home on the weekend and she's looking after the kids the whole weekend. You know what I mean? And there one in four, those are hectic ages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, having that uh, that family base is really, really important, I think. And like, you know, if you have that type of uh, a stable home life, it makes doing this a lot easier. Yeah. Well, you need something to keep you sane if you're doing this. I think so. <laughs> so or something to take your mind off of it. Right. You know? Do you do, but you like traveling around like I do, I do because I never really toured a lot when I was younger, so yeah. I really just started kind of branching out a lot more like 2012 type thing, like 2011. So like now I'm just getting to see like this is my first time in Halifax. I've never even come out here. This is your first time my in Halifax? First time ever in what the heck? here and playing here. Yeah. Wow, what do you think? I love it. It's yeah? it's so nice. It's it's great. I you know. Yeah, it's uh if you were here longer, I would definitely say to check out like just pop into the little open mics around the city cuz it's oh, yeah. quite like there's pretty much stuff every night of the week. Here, oh cool. Yeah, I was I, I love jumping on like going to different comedy cities and checking out their scene. I, when I was in Edmonton, they have a really cool comedy scene out there. I got to do a bunch of their mics and just good comics. I love seeing these younger comics coming up right? and, and working out and like I just just the camaraderie that they have in these smaller pockets. Toronto's a, a pretty Pretty busy, big, huge. yeah. It's a big, big comedy community, but I, I love the small cities and their like tight little community because you know that they got got each other's backs. That's what you like to see for the most part. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's always gonna be there's <laughs> yeah. always gonna be the weasels and yes. and the bullshit. But I mean, like you know, when it's like the real deal, comics they all for the most part respect each other. There's comics yes. that like maybe we, I didn't like a guy coming up and he didn't like me. And then, like, 17 years later, you realize, well, that guy's still doing it, and I'm still doing it. It's like... Respect. Respect, you know what I mean? And, like, the comics who maybe don't have the same style, there's always the alt comics, and then there's the, you know, the club comics or whatever. And they there's always been that little divide, but, like, the real deal alt comics... I love those guys and girls right. and they like me. Like, like we're friends. Like, yeah. we don't have that, like, petty bullshit. Like, it's like... <laughs> I see what you're doing and you're doing it. You're running your race and I'm running mine. We're not affecting each other. There's, you can go out and create anything you want in comedy and, and have it be, you know, and, and, and and achieve it. You don't need to be, uh, hating on someone's act. You know, if you're, of course, you know, it's like there's, there's room for everyone in this. And, and sometimes, you know, sometimes you see people get ahead and you're like, I don't know why that happened, but, this did they take it away from you probably not yeah well that's just it and i think some of the best comedians are those who think critically and and know you know this style of comedy or what this person is doing might not be what i like or what i think is funny Mm -hmm. but they're clearly doing something right yeah yeah like i I I book a comedy festival. I created a comedy festival when I was 23. It's called Cottage Country Comedy Festival and we would br- we bring comedians up to my area, which is a great little tourist area. So oh, it's I a love fun it. getaway for 
for comedians and that. And one of the things I really learned is like, if there's a comic that maybe it's not my favorite comic, but they kill with the crowd, like I'm not just booking people to please me. Like I'm booking, I'm booking for the audience too, right? So obviously there's comics that like, you know, it's not my cup of tea, but I know they kill. Like if, you know what I mean? Like you've seen them, you've you've seen them make people laugh. Yeah. 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 And it's not, and, and, you know, just because I don't like your comedy doesn't mean I don't like you. You know what I mean? If you're a professional and and that, like, I mean, there's people that probably don't like my comedy, but like, guys, don't dislike me. I'm a nice guy. Oh, you're <laughs> such. A, this is. I mean, this is something that I encounter so much when I talk to comedians because, like, I think that there's this, um, especially with males, not so much with females, but um, persona of everyone thinks they're an asshole. When really they're like the nicest people. Comics think that, yeah. I mean, it's. I I thought it was funny. One of my good friends, his girlfriend told me she was afraid to meet me because she thought that I wouldn't be a nice guy. (gasps) Oh, really? And I was like, oh, (laughs) because I am a dick on stage and like. You know, I could certainly come across that way, but I try. I try to be really nice. (laughs) I don't think you do though, because I think sometimes, like, like if you say something edgy, like you'd follow it with i'm just kidding like you actually say like i'm just kidding or like yeah. you'll say something like that oh yeah every now and then, off like. stage or on on stage i try not to say that but. yeah <laughs> <laughs> reminder sometimes, it's a joke yeah sometimes <laughs> i need to know so like yeah. Yeah, sometimes the crowd actually needs to feel know. this way <laughs> jeez people Separ- yeah. just separate your thinking i think if you go to a comedy show mm-hmm. a little bit or try to because you're you're stepping outside of Real life, you know, yeah. a little bit. Suspend your reality because it's like you watch offensive things on Netflix and like, like you can watch a crime show about a murder and like rape and like all this like terrible stuff and like you're watching yeah. that and you're not yelling at your fucking TV screen, but you come to a comedy show and someone's making jokes about murder and rape and you're getting mad at them. And they're just jokes about yeah. that. Just, you're not doing yeah. that. Exactly. So I don't know. There's... People are very touchy these days, and it, it's certainly there's an entitlement I think that that has come along with uh, because everyone's so used to being able to spout their opinions online. They think that they can spout them at the club. You yeah, know? there's there's a bit of that. Yeah, but you know, you get a couple drinks in you. <laughs> okay, so I want to actually wanna, can we talk about your show last night? Yeah, I got I got a little. <laughs> A little hammered with my buddy Andrew Evans uh, at the Henry House in the afternoon, and I came into the club, and uh, they're like, "Listen, uh, I don't know if you can, uh, I don't know if we can put you on stage. Like, we've never seen a comedian this drunk before." I'm like, "Don't worry, boys." I'm like, "I fucking got this," and I and I did. Oh my I, god! I did pretty good, I'd say. Wow. <laughs> Wow. But, well, is it something that do you dr- usually drink before a show? Like yeah. just to kind of get Well, sometimes guessing? sometimes I don't some but like it just depends. Some yeah. of my biggest shows that I've ever done I've been like blackout drunk. Like Ron Jeremy roast, I was probably blackout when I did that. Really? Yeah. Blackout. Like pretty drunk, yeah. Yeah. Iron Sheik roast, I, the first one I was absolutely wasted. Holy and, fuck. And I But I guess that there is you've been doing this for so long like you know you're it's like auto like kind of It kind of plays with my persona too like plays what like the drinking my persona is is a little bit like it it it, it can help. Now I'll say yes. this. I would take back I would give back every one of my drunken kills to get back 
my drunken bombs because there's oh. nothing worse than bombing when you're drunk you feel like such a piece of shit you feel like you treated the audience bad That'd and uh, young bad. comics out there don't follow the path of unky tt because it's <laughs> a rocky road to do, redemption do as he says not as he does there was one i i bombed in front of like there wasn't many people there's was like maybe 10 people there but it was just such a harsh bomb and then oh, one and uh joey fatone from nsync was in the crowd what the fuck? <laughs> And, uh, it was, like, what? I was Did you just, know he was there at the time? Yeah, yeah. I was hanging oh out with God. him after. He's a fucking nice guy. Joey Woo! Fatone, what up, bro? Shout Give me out. a call when you're in Toronto shooting my big fat Greek wedding 10. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's, they were doing a sequel. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. I think it was number two or something. But, Holy uh, shit. That's so funny. He was so there funny. with, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, the the lady who was in Austin Powers uh, 3, I think. Uh, Robin Swallows was the character. Oh, really? Yeah, she was there with them, and like, oh my god! So it was a weird, so random. It was a weird bomb, but we we had my old podcast called Rude Dudes Podcast, and that's the one that'll get me canceled for oh, sure. Oh yeah, that's the one where but, there's some sound clips that oh, they could find. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> and then uh, they, uh, yeah, they were there shooting that, but we were drinking like all afternoon on our podcast. So, and then that's what would happen is I'd right. be in Toronto. And I'd be staying down, and then everyone would be like, hey, you want to come do our mic? And then so, yeah, sure, but we were already, like, just gassed You're up, already you know? drinking all day. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Just bopping around, hammered. There's, uh, I had a girl come up to me um, at Comedy Bar in Toronto, and she's like, oh, my God, you're our favorite comedian. I'm like, what? She's like, we <laughs> saw you performing one night here, and you were so drunk, but you were killing. And I'm like, oh, thank God I was killing <laughs> She's like, you were falling into the wall and still landing the punchlines and like, no one could believe this was happening. I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta dial it back a bit. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. I won't be, I'll be, uh, I'll be in fine form tonight. I won't be, uh, getting, it won't be like last night. I guarantee. No, yeah. but I, but I did well last night. That's, That's fantastic. For the record. What's your um, relationship with booze like? Because this is a show that uh, kind of yeah. origined out of drinking. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Because we're drinking beer tonight. Today. Yeah, yeah. Is beer your go-to? Beer's my go-to. I sometimes drink hard liquor, but I don't really very often. It's not yeah. my my go-to. Beer has always been my thing. Um, that's why I'm so out and of it's shape. It's a Miller Light, by Miller the way, Light, though. Specifically, I'm oh. a, I'm a Mr. January in the Miller Light calendar. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, Are yeah. you lying? No, I'm dead serious. What? Yeah, yeah. I'm Mr. January. So it's the calendars out. It's the real guy's calendar. Um, but Mr. Uh, January. But Miller Lite is your fave. Beer is your fave. Yeah. Um, do you remember the first... I asked this to a lot of guests. Do you remember the first time you ever got drunk? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was... Uh, I'm trying to think. I would have been like actually drunk, like grade nine. My... like. Uh, we used to, my buddy Chris Joint and I used to always steal our parents' dr- booze and drink in the woods when we were in like grade seven. Hell yeah. Grade seven and eight, but like actually getting like really dr- like drunk grade nine. I stole like a six pack of uh, Molson Canadian from my dad. Like Molson <laughs> nice. Canadian was always like what he drank when, when I was growing up. So I would, you know, get into that. And, That's but cool. yeah, like, yeah, I was, a, I mean, also, I, I've been partying pretty hard for a long time. Yeah. So, you're partier. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. There's a few, probably about five years in my life I don't remember. Really? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's by choice. But like, yeah. Oh yeah. I used to drink so much and I don't drink as much now, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause it's hard to be a parent and get up. 
I was just going to say that must when have changed things. It's very hard to be hung over with young kids. But because oh, my job, I'm going around, you know, doing shows and stuff, and I don't have my kids with me, I can have a couple beers. You can, at, you and know. it's kind of sort of part of the culture a little bit. It, like it's hang back yeah. and have a beer. Having, yeah, having drinks is, is part of comedy culture for sure. Big time. It's part of my life. Are you? Do you know what kind of drunk you are other than blackout? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, uh, I think I, emotional, happy, no, I'm pretty happy. Angry. No, I'm pretty happy. Pretty happy. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't get angry too often when I'm, if I'm drinking. Um, and I, I don't get depressed really. Like it's, it's oh, that's good. like, you know, unless something bad happens, <laughs> right. I mean? like, yeah. like if you're going through like, like grief or mourning or something, maybe like maybe that's, don't but, drink. that's not a good time to be pouring. You, you think that drinking will will be good for it but it's, it's, oh, it's the not. worst it's the yeah. worst you gotta worst drink to it. feel even better not yeah, better that's right so like if i kill on a stand-up show i'll want to drink like the floodgates are open like right I, I, celebrate i, I want to party all night yeah mm-hmm. but um it's funny because like nothing ever catches the high of doing well in stand-up like the, you know what i mean like that's what i've heard it's i've the, heard it's that the it's, it's such a rush yeah mm-hmm. it's yeah it's the best and then so so yeah, like that's yeah. I'm I'm a good time. I associate drinking with good times. Good. And I have good times when I'm drinking. Good. So nothing crazy has happened that has destroyed your life or anything. Not drinking. yet. No. Good. I mean, like I've a lot of crazy stuff has happened, but like <laughs> you know, like, like while traveling, like while touring around, or yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think. If, I don't know if there's anything like too wild, but like yeah, yeah it's just. I mean, yeah, I'm always. I've been around a lot of parties. So. House parties, huh? House parties for sure. Are you a bar guy? Um, I I don't mind going to bars. I like places where you can talk to people though. Like, yeah, you know I, mean? I like that too. I, I don't mind better. live music though. Like, I like you know seeing live music, but um, yeah, I like being able to talk with people and. I do too. Stuff too. I realize I'm getting old when I go to a place and I go, "It's too loud in here. I can't hear you." Yeah, I, I'd rather have a conversation. That's than, right. That's right. Yeah. I'm I'm the same way. So yeah, it's uh. Yeah, I, I mean, I like going. I like the social aspect of going out to bars. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Not. I haven't been invited to too many house parties lately. But. I know, right? <laughs> They're kind of few and far between now. It yeah, makes me sad. Kids are always around. You got the kids, yeah. and you have a, a wife. Yep. Where did you meet your wife? How um, did this happen? I met her through my ex girlfriend. Actually, like, really, they, they were good friends, and then we after that relationship. Uh, fell apart like it was like years later that we that we got together so uh, like she didn't like me when we first met and then <laughs> I'm not sure if she likes me now <laughs> I think she does I think she does it was really funny because she's a teacher and uh, she was having a parent teacher night uh, like where they meet the the teacher for the first time and she said there's at least three couples that came in like we love your husband he's so funny and like i don't i'm not even from that town so like where she teaches so like there are people who've like seen my shows and stuff they're like we watch him on youtube and i'm like that's so hilarious wow you know you don't never want the blowback coming right (laughs) the blowback that comes from being married to me it's like what you gonna find she's like "Uh oh uh oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> Did you date for a long time before you got married? Yeah, I think we were five years we dated. And then yeah. after five years, if you don't uh, pop the question, you're 
probably an asshole, boys. So. <laughs> that's actually, yeah, that's a, probably a good number. Yeah, I'd five say is, so. Five is you quite should a while. know. <laughs> 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 At five, yeah. If you don't know, did, did you get um like kind of like did she was was she just like I want a ring or um trying to think. Oh, I was trying to get her a ring and uh, I couldn't get the one that she wanted because it was like way more expensive than I think she even realized. Like (laughs) my brother and my sister came with me to to get this ring and we go into this place and there's like armed guards and shit there. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Is this like blood diamonds? Yeah, it's insane. (laughs) Rings are crazy expensive. Child soldiers working at this place. (laughs) Seriously though. And then I couldn't get it. And so like I was going to do, I was going to propose around like Christmas time. So I fucking got her a trip like instead. And then she just like started crying. Cause oh, I think, I think, she, I think she expected that I was going to propose and I didn't have it. So she was, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jenna, I shouldn't tell that story, but she like, but I think she knew, women, I think. she knew like I was going to propose and I just did, couldn't get the ring in time. Right. And then, it was a logistics thing. And yeah. then I got the ring and then, uh, and everything worked out, but then, like, the ring that – it had, like, some, like, dents in it, and, like, the place that we got it from were, like, really – like, they're real shitheads, and, like, I had to, like, basically intimidate them into giving my money back. Like, we had to return it because, like, they kept fucking it up, and it was oh, just – Yeah, I'm like – so I ended up getting we, – we got a good ring. And it, oh, good. And it worked out, but it was, like – it's a, you know, stressful thing to deal with. You know what I, I mean? Like. Bet. Hurt your engagement ring, and like these guys are being assholes. They're like making, trying to make us feel like we damaged the product when we know that you did something to it, Mm -hmm. and it's so much money. Oh yeah, and they're just such weasels, eh? Some of these, some of these jewelers are such little dinks. I bet. (laughs) I'm calling everyone weasels today. (laughs) Weasels. (laughs) Hey, look, that's not that's not an offensive term. I think that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I'm not gonna get canceled for calling anyone. Are we gonna get? I kind of want to get canceled. Someone's gonna. means someone listens someone's gonna um <laughs> someone's gonna cut the clip out where i said jewelers and just cut it down to jew <laughs> these jews are weasels <laughs> oh my, it's just so it you canceled it, it kind of is a scary time do you think <laughs> would you use the word scary or more like intimidating it is and it isn't i mean i think it depends on what you want in your career like if you see like what i'm doing is trying to build my own base and my own thing where no one can take that away from you right but even like guys like andrew schultz who has such a big following you see him getting shadow banned on like instagram and stuff like that like when the big platforms are trying to silence you that's where it gets dirty yeah that's where it gets it gets you know that's what that's what concerns me more than these little weenies on Twitter and, sh- yes. and stuff when the the platform itself has a, an agenda against those type of voices and wanting to silence them I mean it's oh, that's brutal. that's where it gets scary I mean listen like Alex Jones is a fucking whack job but like he should still be allowed to say whatever he wants even if he's a dink it's it's the you know? free speech yeah I think you need to understand what free speech is and the fact that it's a good thing that we have mm-hmm. it you're not going to like yeah. A lot of the things you hear out there. These platforms do have but, their like terms though. So if you are violating yeah. their terms, they're, I guess they're within their right to do things, but it's still like, you know, you'd think that like, let people decide for themselves. Let the public yeah. decide for themselves. Yeah. I really think that that's what it is. I think we're all, you know, old enough to 
to decide who we want to follow and who we like and who we agree with. Let's be adults. Let's not be, you know, know. children about this. And Absolutely. Ding, dang. <laughs> Shadow banning is crazy. That's that, Is weird. that essentially when people can't find you they on Instagram? They can't find you. So they're typing in his name and then Nothing it's not up. coming up. And then like, and then his followers are like telling him about it. I think Rogan was talking about it on, Joe Rogan was talking about it on his podcast and then he got unshadow banned. Really? I think they're oh, because Joe Rogan yeah. likes him. This is so fucked up. It's very. Like, who's at Instagram monitoring this? Yeah. That's the crazy thing. Like, that's weird, right? Like, so, so strange. Yeah, it's that's the scary part to me. Yeah, when companies are taking those liberties against comedians. Yeah, against comedians, it's not even like a politician that's like dangerous, you know. Sarah Silverman um, got in trouble with Instagram. Yeah, because she or was it Sarah Silverman or Whitney Cummings? I think they both got in trouble with Instagram, but essentially just um, like the idea of like nipples on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there's there's this whole other thing of like if you're a big celebrity you can get away with more. Yeah, it's true. Too, which yeah. is very unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's just a weird time. Like so, if two people take pictures of their asshole, one's yeah. famous, one isn't. Yeah, it'd be an interesting experiment. <laughs> Who gets taken down first? Well, I bet you it's the not famous person. The famous person's asshole is going to be bleached, so yeah. it's going to be more appealing to the public. I think much more good looking. <laughs> oh my god! Some dude's hairy ass on Instagram. Do you like social media? Like, are you someone who likes yeah. doing that whole like you know posting and engaging on there? Or? I I enjoy it. It's I think it's just a way to get get my name out there. But I yeah. think it's something that also because I live outside of a major city i have used that to bridge the gap between, yeah you know what i mean like to stay relevant and stay you know yes. connected with people like if i didn't have this i wouldn't be anywhere you know what i mean like exactly the, you know all these platforms have allowed me to do what i do from a remote area and that's the you know an important thing for me uh personally as a comic that's been like right. into like just so into integral uh into what i do because yeah, everyone said when I moved up to back up to Bracebridge or Muskoka or that, you know, they're like, you'll never be able to make it in comedy up there. And then mm-hmm. I proved them wrong. There you go. And I think that's a more interesting story than I think so, too. You know, being able to 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 live in your hometown in a small area outside of a city and still be, you know, touring well. everywhere. Yeah. And, yeah. And like. You have to be, I mean, you have to be established before you could do that, but right. it's definitely, I mean, look at Stanhope. He lives in Bisbee, Arizona. Like, he lives in the middle of nowhere. Like, right. lives in such a small town. It must be something to be said for that, like, just having that kind of home base mm-hmm. and that kind of escape to kind of almost recharge in a way. Yeah, I think and so. And then go out and play all these shows across mm-hmm. the country. Yeah, it's good. Once you, and, and again, you, you know content is king so if you're creating yeah. good content and releasing it people yeah. can find you and well that's um, the joy of podcasts yeah so if you enjoy a comedian i think most comedians should have a podcast i think so too just and i think they just got to figure out what the niche is for yeah. what's the unique hook to your podcast that's right that's that people are going to find it because there's a lot of comedians and in interviewing that's comedians. very true and it just there's in, tons yeah and like that's that was like the with my old podcast it was a really funny group like the three of us that did it it was like if i was ever famous i would bring it back because yeah. it's the the ultimate like trio of guys that like just had the best chemistry and like the best that's stories awesome. 
but we were just interviewing other comedians. I wish that like we had done a little bit more um, interviewing of like average Joes. I, or like people who are a little different from you. Yeah. That's always interesting. Mm-hmm. Getting like kind of someone else's perspective on things. Yeah. Like with fight stories with my, with the podcast I'm doing now, I find it, it's awesome because we can, you know, we'll have like a big name on like, yeah. like we'll have Ken Shamrock, who's the UFC champion back in the day. And like, uh, or we, we get like, I got my, I had my buddy's dad on. Right. And he used to yeah. be a boxer in the UK in the seventies. He never like got famous or anything like that, but he's got a whole bunch of bar fights. And like, we hear these stories and like, we had this guy, his name's Pierre Moore. And we, when we were in Kingston, Ontario, this, one of our friends is like, like, listen, I, I can do your podcast, and yeah, we'll have a, it'll probably be all right. But like, there's this guy you need to get on. His name yeah. is Pierre Moore, and he is a fucking legend around here. And I'm oh, like, shit. okay, he's been in over a thousand street fights, and like, he's, you know, he was in jail for like beating up this dude. Like, you know, he beat up some biker, and like, it's just this like wild story. And he starts telling us his story, and it is like the craziest like life story like what he endured as a kid like it's like Uh, painful but then he like finds fighting and like he's like amateur boxing and like starts street fighting and then like now he has like a great life with like he's got kids and a wife and a really good job he's like it's like this ultimate like story of like redemption after all these things and and and, and it's like he's absolutely a product of his environment but he was able to turn it around but i mean there's also a guy who you know he's he beat up a lot of people you everyone you beat up it affects other people too so there's like a ripple effect so you're walking around around a small city and everyone knows you for you beat up one of their friends or like there's always a target on you kind of thing but because he is so tough you know what I mean? Like, it's like no one really wants to try him. But I mean, right. we're getting emails from from people that that he beat up and like Holy that, weren't, crap. that weren't happy about the podcast. I mean, well, let's tell the listeners what your podcast is. So yeah, it's fight stories. It's called fight stories, and it's exactly what the title yes. is, which is very. Um, That's good. It's straightforward. They know you know what you're going to get, and we interview everyone from like professional fighters, pros to average joes. Um, oh, I love that. And it's so we have, uh, yeah, we have MMA fighters. Our friend uh, Kyle the Monster Nelson, he's a UFC fighter. He's fighting tonight in oh, wow. Mexico City. It's it, So he's fighting in the UFC tonight. He he just did it. And then uh, we have NHL enforcers. So we had Colton Orr from the Toronto Maple Leafs and uh, Darren Kimball, Jim McKenzie, all these guys who've been in like hundreds of hockey fights. And then we get, yeah, like our my buddy's dad, Bob Rigby, and we just had Vinny Paz, who's the five-time world champion boxer, like Holy amazing. Smokes. They made a movie about his life on Netflix called Whoa. Bleed for This. And it's it's the craziest story about, like, he won the title, and then he got into a car accident and broke his neck, and they said he'd never walk again. Oh, and shit. they gave him a, he had a crucifix halo on, so, like, the skulls, like, four, or screw, four bolts, basically, in his head. And, and then uh, he started training in his parents' basement with uh, Kevin Rooney, who was Mike Tyson's trainer. And they start Whoa. training under his parents, like, knows they don't even know that he's, you know, doing this. And he comes back and wins the title. Holy and, shit. And, like, he beat Roberto. Duran, who's one of the greatest boxers of all time. Vinny Paz is a just a wild, wild story. Holy if you fuck. get a chance, check it out. Bleed for this, but also this. check out his episode on Fight Stories. It's really good. How did you, and how and Fight Stories has been going on for how long? Uh, about 
two years. So this is our second season. We're, we put them out season one is all for free. You can get all free on like iTunes or Apple podcast now. Um, and on YouTube, Spotify, like they're all up there for Amazing. free and season two as well. So we, we, we just started season two. Um, so we're three episodes in. And it's it's just been really cool. Like we travel around. We're when we were in Boston, we're doing the comedy club at uh, Nick's Comedy Stop, and uh, there's this guy James Downing, Jimmy Dime Time is what we call him. He is a like a you know a younger up and coming comic, but he's training like or he fights uh, he fights jujitsu and he's like you know winning like he's winning sure. championships, and uh, he he was just telling us about how his his dad headbutted him five times and he fought his dad a bunch of times. His dad fought him five times. Oh, shit. Like so we're like, oh, well, you got to do the podcast. Absolutely. Next thing you know, it's like one in the morning. We're at one of his friend's house and we're recording with this guy. That's amazing. It's just like we go into a town. We're like, who's the toughest guy in this town? And they're like, they tell you. And then we're like, well, let's get him on the show. That's so it's, cool. Everywhere you go, there's everyone has a fight story. Well, the thing is, too, and, and do you find that Especially with podcasts where it's like, you know, like we're all just kind of doing this for fun. But like, do you find that people just genuinely like to have the mic to tell their story? Like they like having that opportunity. Some right? of them are glory hounds and that those are the ones you want to find. Cause there's a lot of, a lot of the average Joes, they're my favorite. The guys who they really have nothing to plug. Like, right. I, like when, when my buddy's dad's on there, I'm like, what do you, <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you plugging? You got anything to plug? I know Social he's, media. He's like, he's not even on the grid. He lives in like a small town in the middle of nowhere. He's like, he's like, uh, Massey minor soccer. <laughs> I'm the president. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a small town like population a thousand you know what i mean wow. maybe maybe even less i don't know but yeah and then and then we get these guys that, that are on so like a lot of guys like that they don't really have any reason to come on and like promote Ex- they're some just of there these to tell that, the story some of these things that maybe we're you know beating someone up is like not always a not good thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's so like there's guys that we, you know, I've been trying to get on, but I'm, they're like hesitant because they, like they, you know, they don't trust these, these types of people usually aren't on social media. Right. These are blue collar, hardworking guys that like they, you know, they work their day job. They come home, have a couple beers with their family and go back to work the next day. They don't give a shit about the internet. Like right. all these, comics. which is actually kind of refreshing. It's so refreshing because their refreshing. stories are interesting and like, cause they're living actual life. Yeah. So that's like, like a Pierre Moore one. Now that one, like that should, we should make that into a movie Pierre, I think. <laughs> yes. Make like, that a movie. It's, there's, there's all these guys that have come on. I just had a, a prison guard on there. He was in Kingston penitentiary. He worked there. His he's was, seen some shit. His name is Corey McDonald and he is a, he's also from Kingston. Kingston's the toughest town in. Really? I've, we've had, we've pulled the best episodes out of Kingston. No way. So many brawlers because it's a city full of like, you got prison guards, you got ex-cons that stick around. They all hang out, like stay stay in Kingston when they get out of jail. Uh, you got cops, you got military, college yeah. students, like it, hockey it's players. Mix, it's mix like pot. the bar in Star Wars. <laughs> it's oh, like, damn. That's a great way to say it. You want to get into a, a fight, go to Kingston. The, the, you know, there'll be 10 dudes just lined up to fight you. Did something inspire this podcast? Whether that be like, was it just your love for there, UFC, or like, was it no? It's something it, that inspired it. John Moses, my co-host, was talking about like he was wanted to do a stand-up album uh, called Fight Stories, where it's like uh, two wins, two losses, and a draw. Because he'd been in a whole bunch of like fights, and he has some really funny stories. And but I was like, well, 
well, what if we did it as a podcast? Because whenever we're hanging out, it's always, you know, we tell stories and we're all laughing. And that's like the best when yes. you're telling these stories with your buddies uh-huh. and you're just all, you know, talking about the glory days. And it's it's yep. always something stupid like that. And I remember from my other podcast, the best episodes were the ones where we got people to tell fight stories. Oh. And so it just like was like this perfect storm. And I mean, we have comedians on it. Comedians are like always the best. Like, yes. yes our, like the comics that we've had on. Um, they've, they're like some of our mo- six out of our top 10 episodes most listened to are, are comedians. comedians. Oh, so, they're, they're great talkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, yeah, we've had like Alex Pavone and uh, Dan Soder, Shane Gillis was on, Amazing. like all these guys have, have come in and, and Sh- Andrew Schultz just did it. Artie Lang. So there's like That's some unreal. wicked comics that have Ooh. done the, done, done the, the podcast already but we we mix it up we don't want to just be ufc we don't want to just be hockey fights we don't want to just be comedians it's a mixed pot and so we try and get like that real like every episode you know like every four or five there'll be a hockey fighter or like whatever but getting that variety of people and we like to get women on the podcast yes because that would be very interesting yeah john just interviewed uh one of his friends and it's uh I hear it's really good. I haven't heard it yet. When no. She's gotten a bunch of fights and like even recently, like she's oh, like, you know, girl fights are so I think much she's different like 39 and she's still fighting. Damn. Like she's got kids. Like it's holy shit. So like we love, yeah, we love getting those one, those ones. It's hard to, to, it won't eventually we'll get more. Have you ever been in a fight? Oh yeah. Many? <laughs> Several. <laughs> <laughs> Any story that sticks out for you? Oh my God. I'm trying to think what's a good one. Um, there's one, I'll tell it just cause it's not me. Cause it's okay. okay. My fights, you know, they're not as subscribe to his podcast. This is a really funny story that we heard. This made us like die laughing when we heard this fight story. There's this guy, um, his name's Billy and Billy's Billy. at like a hockey tournament. He's like older than he'd be like maybe a bit younger than my dad. So probably he's probably in his fifties. I'm guessing. Oh. I think, I think that's how old he is. But anyway, they're at this men's league hockey tournament and they're staying at the hotel and, uh, Billy gets all drunk and he's walking around. He can't find his hotel room. So he's knocking on every door in the hotel. And everyone's like, buddy, like, go away. Like, leave us alone. This one guy, he comes, knocks on the door. Billy's like, hey. (laughs) He's like, all fucked up. The guy looks at him. He's like, like, buddy, this isn't your room. Go away. Comes back. Sure enough, like five, ten minutes later, Billy's knocking on his door. Guy opens the door. Buddy, this isn't your room. Fuck off. If you come back here again, I'm going to fucking drop you. Billy comes back again like 10 minutes oh, later, no. knocks on the door. The guy just opens the door and just decks him, like, <gasps> just drops him. There's a huge commotion or whatever, and everyone's coming out and like breaking it up or whatever. And then the guy just slams his door, like closes his door and goes back to bed or whatever. The next day, they're at the are- in the arena, and uh, one of Billy's teammates like, hey, Billy, that's the guy that fucking decked you last night. That's the guy from the hotel that, that punched you. He goes, are you fucking serious? He goes, yeah, that's the guy. So he goes and he waits in like there's always like in the lobby of like an arena there's like that like little foyer yeah. area where you walk in like the double doors type thing. Yeah. And so he's waiting in that little foyer area. Is it called a vestibule? I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean, but it, I can't it's think always, of the word. Yeah, like the yeah. automatic doors and so he's waiting in that little area for this guy to come walking in and he just fucking pounces on the guy. <gasps> just starts pounding this guy, has him on the ground, starting up the lawnmower, just bang, oh my bang, gosh. bang. And this woman is screaming, she's like, Stop, stop, he only has one arm. <gasps> <laughs> And Billy looks up at her and he goes, yeah, that's the fucking one he hit me with. 
<laughs> they just start punching him again. <laughs> so that's like one of my favorite fight stories. And wow. We love getting stuff like that uh, on the podcast. Holy so shit. The funnier, the better. Is <laughs> I've never. Oh my gosh. I I wonder what. I've never been punched or punched anyone. I wonder what it would feel like. Yeah, it, it's not nice if you're if you know that you're gonna fight someone. The adrenaline usually uh, you don't feel the punches because you're so. The, yeah, you're amped up. You don't see. You're kind of seeing red. The more you fight, um, the let the and you can control the adrenaline. You might feel a little bit more then. But like uh, when you first get in, you know, I think it takes like you know ten fights at yeah. least to like kind of start controlling. Maybe more than that, just to start. You know, every fight I got in, I got better and like I was in more in control of what I was doing. It wasn't right. just seeing red and just like. Were these fights that just randomly happened, like yeah. as a result of drinking or whatever? Yeah, or just, yeah. Sometimes drinking or just yeah, usually drinking. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think of it, I was kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, I mean, it fuels a lot, and I think, but I do think that like there's something to that fight or flight kind of yeah. like you either run or you go forward. And yeah. I think I run away. I usually, I usually go forward, and it's. <laughs> I haven't been in a fight in like. 12 years oh, probably well, i've been really good yeah but there's one that i really la- i thought was really funny just a, just yes. a move that i did that i didn't mean to do it but it like it just so i was gonna fight this guy and he was like talking shit and <laughs> i don't know like it was in, this is in high school my last year of high school and we're at a house party surprise and uh he's he's like fucking try me bud fucking try me and i look at him like oh i'm not gonna have to fucking try and then i take my beer and this is my mindset the reason i did this was i threw my beer in the air as high as i could because i wanted everyone (laughs) to see that a fight was about to happen i wanted everyone to pay attention yeah but what happened was i threw the beer in the air and he looked up and i just hit him as hard as i could and like broke his glasses and so it ended up being like kind of a cheap move oh my god (laughs) but i was just doing it to like get everyone's attention like in hockey like the funniest thing in a hockey fight is when if you're gonna fight a guy you just throw your gloves as high as you can in the air so the whole arena knows that you're gonna like it's like a showboat jerk move interesting was your beer open or was it closed it was open yeah so it just like kind of sprayed everywhere i think it was a can and yeah it just yeah it just went flying and then he was looking up and then you punched him yeah and then oh my god i won have you ever gotten into like really bad fights where you're like super injured or i hurt my ankle i rolled my ankle in a fight i got sucker punched really hard outside the bar and i was seeing like three oh shit and like i had to like I I did okay in that one, but like yeah. surprisingly, but like you, yeah. even if you win, it's like after the fight, you're like, did I really win? Like, what's winning? My hand is broken. My I'm limping. I got to go to my yeah. shitty day job. Like, yeah, you might have some explaining you know I mean? to do. Yeah, there's yeah. so there there is that, but uh, you know, I've been in some some crazy ones. But like a guy tried to pull a knife on me, and the la- that oh, was the last one that God. I was in. And That's uh, terrifying. Yeah, you go into a different mode there, like. Like, you know, if you're fighting someone and it's like a, uh, like a straight up fist fight, there's, that's cool. Like, that's honorable. But then you see a weapon start coming out and it's like, now you go into an extra, like, defensive mode where you're trying to, like, you have to neutralize this person as quick as possible. Yes. Cause they have, they have something that could kill you. Yeah. And this, and this guy wasn't very smart because he, d- this is in Canada in the winter and he's wearing a puffy winter jacket. Yeah. You don't, fight a guy with a puffy winter jacket he had like a hood i just jerseyed him and he couldn't see and then i'm just punching him from like way up here like doing windmills it's so cartoonish 
does sound like a cartoon. It was really cartoonish. Like, one of my friends is there. He's like, I've never seen anyone have that much time to do exactly what they wanted to in a fight. Oh, my but God. But it's because he's had a winter coat on. Like, take your jacket off if you're going to try and stab yeah, someone. Really, though? <laughs> Holy shit. So there's fight tip. 101 fight tips fight tips you don't like having a hood if you're gonna fight because don't hood... wear a jacket yeah what other fight tips are there don't wear a hood um uh keep your chin tucked is number one you don't want to stick your chin out that's Ooh. you get clipped you know because a punch to the throat i bet you that would be well you're not really worried about a throat punch just if your chin is exposed that's where they can knock you out so that's why you see boxers tuck their chin oh, and a guy okay. that can keep his chin tucked won't get knocked out as easy. Interesting, so like, okay. Really good fighters tuck their chins. They're, tuck the chin. Mm-hmm. Watch, if you're a hockey fighter, watch Ben Wilson, B-E-H-N Wilson. He's an old school fighter, and no one really talks about this guy, but he is he was one of the, the best fighters ever in the NHL, and he always tuck his chin like a boxer. Really? Like, yeah, he'd never been knocked out. He was never knocked it's out. It's still crazy to me that there's so many fights in hockey. There isn't anymore, though. They really no? neutered the game. I can't even watch hockey. It's not the same. It's not as fun. It sucks. <laughs> hockey sucks now. I, won't, I can't even watch it. Well, like I don't really get why there's fights in any sport. Like, aren't you there to play a sport, not fight? Mm, no, hockey, there's a reason, because... It gets out of control if if you don't have someone checking someone in. Like if the what happens is people get a little bit liberal with their sticks, or they can target your star player. But if there's a, a guy on the ice that might just beat you up at any moment, you play a little bit more respectful. Right. And oh, it's, okay. And it's 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 all it's all about kind of like policing the game yourself. Hmm. You know what I mean? Because guys, you know, they'll figure out a way to get your star player. And and anyone who's ever been against hockey fights that don't like it, they've never played on a team where they didn't have a tough guy or where their team got bullied by other teams. If you, right. I was on a team that we were, they're all, everyone on our team was just a bunch of pussies. <laughs> and we got steamrolled and beat up every night. And it was like the most stressful Goddamn. thing ever. Like hockey is not fun if you don't have a couple tough guys yeah, it's a rough game. It's Shit. a rough game. No, and, I bet. And then, uh, yeah, so that was... That and there's, like, it, it just always freaks me out that there's skates with blades yeah. being thrown into the mix. That terrifies yeah, me. Yeah, it's a little That's wilder. That's scary. <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's insane. Like, can you imagine getting a skate to the face? Oh, fuck. There's a goalie, Clint Malarchuk, took a skate to the neck and <gasps> almost died. It's on YouTube if you want to see something really gross. Holy fuck. Fuck. Mm-hmm. It is like the scariest thing I've ever seen in hockey. It was it was terrifying. Like he almost died. I just I always think about that when I see like figure skating or hockey or anything. Like I'm just like it just seems too easy for someone to die. Yeah, I mean, it could, I'm situation. surprised that there hasn't been more um, on ice deaths just because of the speed and the velocity and yeah. all the yeah the sticks and skates and and all that. But Fuck. Uh, I mean. Wild. It used to be a, a lot more fun. It used to be a lot more fun. Everyone's a, a businessman now. now. Yeah. It's all about the money. It used to be for pride. It used to be for pride. It's all for money now. All for money. Hey. Fuck. But I do like money. So. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Get get it while you can, lads. That's the Get it while you can. <laughs> yeah. For real. But we're going to wrap. Sure. Because you have a show to get to. That's true. I don't want to keep you too long. But oh my gosh, Tyler, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. This, this is great. This was a lot of fun. Tell everybody where they can find everything. So fight. Yeah, fight stories. Fight stories. Get it on YouTube. Go and subscribe there. And uh, Apple Music, all the all your you know typical platforms where you would find podcasts. It should be on all of them. Um, yes. And then uh, tylermorrison.ca has all my live dates. Oh, nice. And uh, 
on Twitter, Tyler Morrison one. Check him out live because he's fantastic. Thank you. It's 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 fan- like I love it. Oh, thank you. No. I love it. Awesome. Yeah, it's great. So follow him everywhere. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And Tyler, you get to do the honors. What's that? You get to ring the bell. To close it out. That means we're done. You survived another episode. That's amazing. You should reward yourself by following Intoxicated on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Intoxicated Podcast, and on Twitter at in underscore intoxicated, on YouTube at youtube.com backslash intoxicated. And if you really liked the episode, you can leave an iTunes rating or review. That is extremely helpful and appreciated. Thanks again for listening, guys, and talk to you next week. Yeah.